I ended up going to Prague um, to have uh, face surgery to remove excess skin, which I didn't need. But because of my thoughts that if I didn't do this for myself, I was going to end up killing myself. It was like it was like that polarity. I'd come to a point where I couldn't accept myself anymore. And if I, I put all my eggs in one basket, I was going to fly there, have this surgery. That was going to fix things for me. But Hello, welcome to Soul Awakenings with Madhya Sosan Podcast. And today, guys, I have such an incredible guest and his name is James Potts. You need to tune in uh, till the very end uh, because this guy is absolutely amazing. Now, James Potts is a trauma-focused transformational a practitioner and holistic healing facilitator and mentor. Um, he is a natural soul language messenger and fuses everything together intuitively for bespoken needs, uh, covering mind, uh, body and spirit. Uh, he is trained in many healing modalities, including internal family systems, NLP, hypnotherapy, timeline therapy, coaching, and has trained in many energy medicine practices like Reiki and quantum liberation. Uh, now, without further ado, let's bring him on, guys. He is absolutely incredible. Hi, James. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Dehav. Doing amazing, yeah. Thank you yeah. for having me and just being here in the space to share and just, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, um, it's an absolute honor to have you on this podcast because, you know, um, I um, uh, I think we met on uh, one of the online retreats that one of our f- friends was ho- hold, hold, holding. And um, yeah, you were doing light language and, uh, you know, I've never come across light language before. So and you shared a bit about your story. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I was kind of completely blown away away by your story and uh, you know and I think uh, it's going to help so many people who is who are listening to this podcast right now Um, so uh, yeah so tell us uh, a bit about yourself like uh, you know a brief overview for the for our listeners so yeah um, yeah so a brief overview of my life really um just yeah so going from like you know quite introverted kid who kind of had to deal with some um some events that kind of really were traumatic that sent me on some very deep journeys into my own shadow i was very like you could say putting on a mask all the time through my childhood and teens um that hiding everything that was going on with, with me not many people could see that but more because I've been on such a transformational journey of going from um I used to be around 25 stone in weight I, I was morbidly obese but then I lost all the weight and it was kind of like that journey of self-love um into my 20s and you know going through so many adversities uh, through my life with loving myself and it was really um, coming out the other end of that. Now, is my journey has, and my story, and my vulnerability has led me onto the path of uh, being a, like a holistic healer in a sense and a teacher, mm-hmm. to assist 
uh, coming with many modalities, some, some based in evidence-based practices, some based with more spiritual concepts of light and sound, like you, like you talked about there, light language. And I teach what I'm here to learn myself. So I'm teaching from experience and what, have helped, was, what has helped me. And it's kind of like that's been my path. My story and my transformation has become my, my, my path. It was always like it was destiny for, it's in some way if you, to, for me to build the toolkit, to have the experience, to hold space for others and teach them. Um, for people who want that kind of template, who, who are looking to follow a similar path, I, I believe I've got that kind of template, especially for men being vulnerable mm. in this time. I, can, I'm, I believe I'm here to help men uh, in this time with the vulnerability. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, now I'm aware that um, you had a long battle with severe depression um, yeah. and even suicidal thoughts. And uh, yeah. what happened to you that led you to a point where you went into a long bed bond battle with depression? So this was like because um, we're going to get to that anyway this was kind of like the, the tipping point of what I was dealing with body dysmorphia we'll, we'll share a little bit more about that but this was the pinnacle because I was going through the body dysmorphia and this was such a debilitating and secretive disorder that nobody knew I was going through because of the shame and all these feelings that you feel about yourself and because I was looking for I didn't understand my emotions or feelings back then. I didn't know what was going on with me. We were a very secretive family and it ended up, I chose to have surgery um, because of how I felt about myself. And I, I took, nobody knew that I was going to do this. I ended up going to Prague um, to have uh, face surgery to remove excess skin, which I didn't need. But because of my thoughts that, if I didn't do this for myself, I was going to end up killing myself. It was like, it was like that polarity. I'd come to a point where I couldn't accept myself anymore. And if I, I put all my eggs in one basket, I was going to fly there, have this surgery that was going to fix things for me. But when I come back, I re, I had what a realization, a breakdown, I had to come back and, and, and face what I've just chosen to do and come in that journey of going there and the shame coming back. And then, see my parents and then see and nobody knew I was going to do this remember so it's so secretive come back I had my head wrapped up or my face scarred and I just didn't know what was wrong with me and I didn't I couldn't explain why I felt this way and then I and because I had all this surgery and the healing that was going on I couldn't hand I couldn't take it no more so it, it took me into a spiral mm. of depression these thoughts even the suicide and I just didn't want to be seen anymore or for anyone to see me. What I've done to myself, I thought that was it. I've destroyed, like, you know, I've gone too far now and nobody was, I felt like the elephant man. And I literally just went into a deep, deep depression while I was healing all this surgery. And it was such a dark place because I didn't know what was going on with me. And that was like the tipping point. Yeah. And that, and it was like months and months of, just being in bed and not wanting to get up and, and, and just not wanting to wake up because the thoughts I'd wake up with is just, you may as well kill yourself. And that was how, how I'd start my day. And um, the inner critics and the, the voices, you know, the parts of me. Um, so like, yeah. what was the leading up to your depression? What was, uh, what was your childhood like? You know, what sort of, uh, I mean, 
quite a lot of people who suffer from severe depression they go yeah. through quite a, a lot of trauma um so what yeah. was um what was what was happening around you when you yeah. were you were from from your child take us back in uh, memory lane yeah i mean just just we can take because we're just understanding what the how you know people are challenged right away into the world as well you know even coming into this world of birth i i, I I was like, had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. Or it was a breach. And even I really, my mother went through a lot to give birth to me. So coming to the world with, with trauma, with that energy, in a sense, that fear of the world, the fear that I've, I've you know, of almost losing my mother. Um, and then stepping in, when I was around three or four, my dad, my dad I didn't know any, because our family kept secrets in a sense. We don't, we didn't talk about stuff. So around three or four, my dad had a breakdown and overload of depression and tried to end his own life. Um, and this kind, I was around that energy of, it was never a good day. I, my dad was ill and he was going through his process. My mom had to work. So I was around a breakdown and him spending a few years trying to get back on his own feet. And that was like the forming of things really. And specifically, People who I looked up to, like father figures, like like I got into martial arts, and that my martial arts instructor was quite a father figure to me, and uh, such an influence. But he died of cancer. Nobody talked about that to me, mm. um, and it was like grief. But I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know what that was. It was it was kind of not talked about. Okay, he's gone, and then there was I lost this this important figure to me. Then I lost my um, grandmother. And then I just kind of had this growing into, you know, growing up in, like these were my younger years and I was very, I felt very isolated and I didn't feel like I belonged in a sense. And then there was some bullying um, because after the, the, not doing the martial arts, I stopped, started putting on weight. So I didn't, I went in, like a bit introverted, mm. becoming the chubby kid, the bigger kid. And there was some bullying at school and things like that. Um, because of an easy target in a sense, and that stuff goes on in the in, in the in the playgrounds and that, and how I felt about myself. But also because of what probably happened to me when I was younger around uh, shame and because you at an early age you're so receptive and you probably make that about yourself so much about your father and everything else. Um, I had because uh, of trauma how it affects the body i had i i believe what where that come from an autoimmune disorder which was very secretive to me so when i was probably about 12 13 i had uh, this autoimmune disorder is called hydronitis supportiva and it's a very aggressive skin disorder that causes abscesses abscess and scarring in the, in the hair follicles so mm -hmm. under my arms when i started puberty i had it in my groin area mm -hmm. so it's so secretive and very painful so but all this the dislike started to come from myself because I didn't understand it. I thought, you know, going through puberty and not understanding what's going on with me as well. And it was just kind of like this dislike. The scarring, it called ab abscess, open wounds. It was very painful, aggressive. Um, and I kept that to myself. Nobody knew. And it took, you know, I, ha I was holding on to this for myself for a long time, all through my teens. So that's, you know, going into my teens, that, where I, that was where I was, I was kind of at. And, and then we was just getting more self-destructive destructive growing up, like just smoking, not caring about things. Um, 
and and how you know, I was I was that 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 fat chubby kid and not caring, disliking myself and smoking and just not looking after myself. And then there were some specific events leading up to which you talked about, which was um, a very pivotal moment when I was seventeen, growing up from when I was growing to seventeen, where I witnessed my uh, best friend um, getting hit by a car um, and it killed him. In, killed him um he was had a what you could say an air ambulance came and a little bit of story about that he stayed at my house at my parents house and when we were leaving in the morning as i was closing the door behind me and i turned to look he stepped into the road and a car hit him so he was outside where we lived and there's obviously that scene he had severe brain injuries and that kind of shaped my teenage years and, and, and sent me on a very, you could say, self-destructive path. Um, is that helpful? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I know losing someone, you, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite traumatic. It's, uh, yeah. you know, I lost my dad when I was uh, 13 and the pain is unbearable. Um, but I can't imagine what it must feel like watching someone you care about die right yeah. in front of you. I mean, reliving that, moment how did you feel and what were you thinking um yeah. like when all of this was like playing out right in front of you um it was it was chaos it was just i felt like i'd stepped out as an observer what was going on the shock of it and not and the noise and just the screaming and the people coming and just me having to go back into the house and that the entire scene of that was so chaotic. Um, I didn't understand what was going on. The police were there, had to give an interview, and that was I was still in trauma, still processing mm. and grieving. But because he got taken to air ambulance to the hospital um, and put on an intensive care machine, um, um, we were waiting that night. We didn't know what was going on. They still hadn't declared. What, what, what had happened by, by the next day when we went to the hospital, they were saying that he, they were going to turn the machine off, that that was it, it, it was, the injuries were too severe, that he, he, he was passing. And, and the thing that I, I made an unconscious, this is where this kind of snowballed for me. Because I was getting into my teens as well and was drinking and the drugs and I didn't care about myself anyway. I took an unconscious decision. It was an unconscious one. I blamed myself for what happened to him. I thought it was, should have been me who, who should have passed and I blamed myself entirely. I took it. I, when I walked into the hospital to see him in that bed and see his family and see all my friends, I blamed myself and that kind of took that, I held on to that and I really did not like myself from that point and that cascaded into self-destruction, mm. into drug, drug misuse and the raves. And, and not saying that, that was just a way of my medicine, like, mm. like dealing with myself and I really hated myself and I blamed myself. And like I say, that was an unconscious thing. I didn't choose to feel that way about myself, but I must have vowed that it was my fault and I blame myself through that and it was so self-destructive that kind of snowball effect after that I, I didn't think I deserved to live I was misusing alcohol drinking pints of vodka just necking 
anything and drinking anything I could. I was ballooning up. With, I was um, emotionally eating as well. So my weight ballooned in a, in a, in over a couple of years very rapidly because um, I was emotionally eating, drinking, self-destructing and, and dropping out of and failing everything I was doing uh, at the time. Um, and it pretty much led to me becoming morbidly obese in a sense. I mean, from 17, 18, 19, 20, in, in so many years, I ballooned from probably like, you know, 15, 16 stone to 25 stone in weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just self-destructing yeah. through that process because of all that was going on. And my yeah. skin disorder as well. That was just flaring up through all the misuse and not looking after myself and the autoimmune. So it was just a, many pieces to the puzzle and what, where it sent me um, mm. down that path. Yeah, it's, it's, it's often very common uh, amongst uh, a lot of people who are, you know, misusing drugs and yeah. alcohol and, you know, basically hitting self-destruction is often they, it's the trauma work uh, that they're unable to dig deep within yeah. and bring it up and to fully heal it. And uh, for, for a while, I, I guess... There, I guess you need to be in that place. You know, you need yeah. to be hitting self-destruction destruction be, because that's when you kind of um, grow the most, even though it does not yeah. feel like it. You know, you, you kind of, you go through your life and something happens and you hit that ground bottom and then you come out of it and you kind of connect yeah. the dots, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. uh, so... Um, you know, um, you mentioned that you had you had um, body dysmorphia. Um, yeah. So, what is body dysmorphia like? Um, I wasn't really aware of what body dysmorphia was like um, until you mentioned it, and a um, couple of other people uh, around the same time when you mentioned it, they they told me about it, and I was like, mm. okay, it's, maybe it's the sign from the universe for me to do a little bit of research on it. Um, yeah. So, I had a brief like uh, look, and um, it seems to be a quite serious mental health uh, condition. Yeah. Um, so can you explain to the listeners who have no idea what body dysmorphia is and what it feels like to have it, what are the symptoms of it? Yeah. So I'll put a bit of context to it as well, because, uh, following on from where I was from 25 stone, I actually lost all the weight. Obviously now I'm not 25 stone and I lost all the weight dramatically over a couple of year period of time, but I had a lot of excess skin. And, and because of the, the losing and, uh, and I kind of couldn't, it didn't matter what I did. And I had so much body shame with myself. I had this self obsession with my body and I, it, the, the body dysmorphia come from this dislike for myself and how I felt and the body shame and the skin and the obsession I had with my body. And to, that's, that's why the, where the body dysmorphia come from and, 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 the, the kind of how I felt about myself, but the, the body dysmorphia itself um, is really an, a very self-destructive and obsessive compulsive disorder where you are fixated with yourself and it's, you don't talk about it because most people say you're just vain or whatever, but you're kind of lost in your, the reflection of who you are or you perceive yourself to be and it's very secretive the feelings of yourself are shameful. You feel guilt and shame about your body. And this really flares up because the more you focus and get lost in the mirror, when you're looking at yourself, the more you see and the more 
others can't see, but you can see it yourself. And it come in the intricacy of what you're looking at becomes the way I describe it, everything manifests and you see as your distortion and you see yourself as like this elephant man or in the mirror and it becomes so destructive because you create like um, these little rituals to soothe yourself. Maybe it's like looking at yourself. Maybe it's like rubbing where you feel that you've got this problem. Maybe it's your ears too big, your belly. Maybe there's something wrong with your skin. You're kind of like skin picking. You create like rituals around what you're doing. You're constantly looking in the mirror. That's a ritual mm. to see if it's changed or see to see how ugly you are or to reinforce those feelings. Mm. And because it, it's so that you're lost and uh, inside yourself and these feelings, what I, come, I now understand as parts of me carrying these wounds of mm. shame and guilt. Mm. Um, but it, but it takes, the suicidal rate is very strong because this is where the suicidal thoughts come because you can't live in your own body. You feel so disgusting. I felt like the elephant man. I felt disfigured. I felt no one wants to look, uh, see me. I would not go out um, because of how I felt in my clothes, about my excess skin, about my body. And then I started to believe that no one would want to see me because uh, I was so disgusting. And then I would reinforce that because, as we know, uh, as I understand things, reality is a mirror for how you're feeling on the inside. So I'd go out. Maybe there was a conversation that you overheard someone say to someone else that, oh, did you see that guy? Or he was ugly. You would mind that totally about yourself. So all conversations on the outside, you'd be picking up other people's, that's nothing about you, but you'd make it about yourself because it just reinforces how you feel about yourself. And it's so secretive and you just, the body shame, you can't live with yourself. This is why you choose to, people choose to take surgery to, to try and correct what they feel is ugliness. Um, but I promise you that doesn't work in a sense. It may work for some, but for me it didn't. And it did a type, because some more context, because I love, I had a tummy tuck. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the start of my um, to ride with the body to smoke. I had a tummy tuck and then straight away it was like I need to do something else to correct myself so it didn't it didn't end there and I had to have a recorrection on the tummy tuck as well because they, 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 they messed it up mm-hmm. so that sent me again I, oh I can fix uh, this this that was like a, a very painful procedure by the way but it was that was a positive thing so the excess skin mm-hmm. I I'm grateful for that but then that obsession over the years then with myself that you can constantly fix yourself it would never end because you just there'd always be something else that you'd want to correct about yourself it's it's, it's this thing about self-love and because most people misuse drugs and alcohol to soothe themselves it can send having body smorphia can send you into some places dark places um as well because they're trying to soothe through drugs and anything else so it's it's re- it's obsessive compulsive Parts of you have deep anxiety about yourself. It has it come with me with suicidal thoughts and depression, um, a lack of self-worth, self-love. It took me into self-destructive habits and patterns. Yeah, it, it, I believe it's such a secretive disorder. And you, like you said, not many people hear about it because it's a new disorder. If you look at how we are meant to be perceived through uh, reality TV shows and the internet and what's perfect. And you just try and it's, it's perfectionism. So you're trying to 
think you should be that and then you but that is an impossible thing it's a void that's impossible to to, to create perfection mm -hmm. the, your beauty is in the imperfection as i'm coming to learn yeah. um but yeah. that journey of perfectionism is so self-destructive is that helpful from what i shared from that yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's really really helpful i mean do yeah. you think that um people who are highly highly sensitive and empaths mm. are more likely to get it yeah yeah exactly and some things happen it, it, it all could the, 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 i've been tracking this for a while it can also be environmental if you're empathic sensitive from your traumas there's no like clear cut like um say you're going to definitely get that it's just like it could be sensitive empathic people have been bullied a lot of empaths and sensitives are really you know they're so sensitive they feel these things about themselves sometimes anyway mm. um but you're right it's more sensitive people deeply sensitive people who feel these things and yeah, it, yeah. it's to, just for people to be aware of that if you if you've got any of these things just check up on if it can be a like you know a mirror for you to see oh maybe this is what's going on with me right now just having that awareness that can lead you into so much hope mm. um you know because you, you've got you, just acknowledging that you've, you're ill and not acknowledging that you've got something going on is the first step as well yeah Absolutely, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. You know, while yeah. you were going through it, did you open t open up to people around you, and like, how did it impact your relationships, especially romantic relationships? Well, this is, um, you know, I mean, ultimately, I never got into a full time relationship till I was thirty six years old, um, and you know, I'm thirty eight now. But I had some fleeting relationships. But prior to that, I wouldn't let anyone around me um i wouldn't have that kind of connection with people mm. i would you know I, I would be around um you know a lot of females and uh, and 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 be out there in the rave scene and doing nobody got to me at that level i would never allow anyone to they'd only see me with the, the mask and I, I would go out and i'd have the smile and I would never let anyone get close to me. I would shut them down. And I never believed that they, what would they think? I thought that it was a joke when they were saying that they liked me or they, mm. you know, so I'd just shut them out straight away. I was good at that. I could shut it down. And then I would, that would send me into more shame around mm. myself and my relate. I never told anyone about the body dysmorphia. I never knew I was ill. I never knew I had it up until I had my breakdown, which I talked about earlier. Yeah. I was going through all my twenties in this secretive disorder and um, it wasn't up until I was 30 and I had the breakdown that I, I, I started to tell people. And of course it affected, it affected my relationships with everyone. I just, I just, not many people got close to me, but it was the journey that come from the body dysmorphia to relearn to love myself and relearn to reconnect because it took me into so many pathways of learning to love myself into tantra into look like mm. going jumping into the fire in a sense yeah. to learn to love myself because i knew that was the last place i had to go because there's nowhere else for me because i didn't i was so shameful of myself and I've done all this work. I mean, I, I got to a point where I, you know, I had, had the tummy tuck, I had the face. I was lean, strong, fit. I was doing kickboxing, martial arts. I was training obsessively. Mm. 
and I was, but the, it, I felt the, the worst when I was at that point, even though I had like, you know, at one point, you know, a six pack, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was so <laughs> destructive. Even though, not, that, not that's the thing, but if you look at it from that perspective, even, even when I was trying to aim for perfectionism, I felt my worst and I couldn't let anyone near me. And I was so cut off from my energy and from my sensate my body yeah it, 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 it was shut down yeah, yeah yeah so it just kind of reminds me like um i was thinking the other day uh, today actually that um you know if you want to build a connection with someone you got to build a connection with yourself first because exactly. there's a lot of um you know even romantic relationships or even friendship or something there is a, a lot of people like body dysmorphia aside um a mm. lot of people uh they they pull away from the connections because mm. you know they don't, don't they don't feel connected with themselves and a lot of people when i was going through my mental health um, severe anxiety and depression i was so disconnected with myself and i was on the same boat like i'm not gonna let anyone inside my heart because it's yeah. too sensitive i don't want to open up um and i totally you know i totally get that um yeah. uh so like you know when you were diagnosed with it um yeah. by um medical profession like the doctor um did you uh go down the route of like traditional therapy like you know counseling cbt or antidepressants so yeah so first off i diagnosed it myself mm-hmm. um because i was looking for what all this stuff when i realized that there's something going on with me and i knew then i had to I, I stepped out of the what I'd say being the victim now I felt, I'm the only one who can do this so I kind of searching for what was the symptoms for me mm. and then I come across this and it kind of come to me in the end mm. and but then I went to to the to the you know the mental health to then look for assistance and I didn't like I got put onto Prozac mm. um and SSRI and and you know this was like to, to shift me out of my bed um and i i started uh, counseling and just therapy normal talk therapy mm. i'd done around 10 sessions with that but i wasn't getting anywhere with that and they were wanting to up my dose with the the prozac the ssri and just i was just disconnecting from myself even more so i knew it got me out of my bed and i believe that of course whatever you need to do to get you to where you need to be I, I, th- I think it's all valid, you know, um, with like the, you know, like the, these kind of like prescription medicine, um, you know, if you need to use them, then use them. I, it was very helpful for me to get me to a certain level. And but then I knew I couldn't be, I couldn't be in this state because I, st- I was still disconnected. I still wasn't feeling, but this was making me a bit more numb, yeah. even number. And I thought there's got to be something within this and the therapy didn't help it opened some wounds that that I didn't it kind of brought things up but I never actually knew how to deal with it and I don't think that kind of in my personal opinion um and my perception of those kind of talk therapies it can it can be for some people it can be very helpful for me it wasn't because I needed to go deeper um I needed to, to go deep into my shadow and my emotions and the parts that I'd be you know I I which I didn't know about what even that was that back mm. then, but I knew my seeking, or you could say my, I kind of put that when you're in suffering, you, there's nowhere to go. So you, I believe you can open a window of consciousness and take a leap of faith with the universe. You can call out, okay, 
I need help. I need help. You know, this moment in time, I'm done. I, okay, I, I've got to seek that help now. I, I know this is, it was a radical shift. Once I take that radical self-responsibility then and realise there was something, um, and I knew that the medical profession wasn't enough, Mm. And the, the th- that wasn't going to be it. I had to, and I was seeking, I was listening. Then I was seeking like audio books, philosophy, everything, meditation. I was getting into everything and everything because I knew that I'd opened a new door. I needed to do whatever it take, whatever it took to get me from this place. Mm-hmm. A- yeah. Anything, anything. Yeah, I, I mean, like I, I totally get you about the. Um, I was yeah. in and out of counselling for many, many years. I mean, yeah. it helped to talk things out, yeah. but I wasn't willing to take action on the whatever was coming up. So it yeah. was only like you know a couple of years ago when I actually came about like inner healing. That's when I was actually ready to bring up all the all the stuff. And I was doing that by myself. I didn't need any professional. And, um, and, 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 you know, I was even, I was put on um, antidepressants for a bit, but I went back to the doctor and said, um, I, I'm feeling even more numb than I, or, and, and I'm feeling even, I feel like I'm feeling worse with all the side yeah. effects and everything. And I mean, it's helpful when you're in a severe um, anxiety or you know any kind of mental health issues i mean it's helpful but on the long run it's it's it kind of destroys you because you you're not you're still not dealing with the root of the problem exactly yeah um so um i was gonna ask you something else (laughs) um yeah so like you know uh when we were having this um when we were uh having a pre-chat um you mentioned about the self-love and self-worth i mean you know um you mentioned about um like you can do all the work like you know sitting in front of the mirror saying i'm enough i'm enough and uh but um it's the self-love, the deep, deep work that you need to do. Mm. Like, can you explain a bit more about that deep work uh, that yeah. people can do? They can take, if they're going through this right now, what can they yeah. do? What, what is the first step for them? So the, 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 so self-love comes like, it's such a big subject and I'm grateful for you bringing me something. It's, it comes in, I felt it comes in many layers and the deep, deep work. I mean, this, the self-love, my understanding of self-love from my, you know, the, one of the therapies that I trained in is internal family systems. So we, we're, we're understanding that we are multiple, we have parts, and this is the way the psyche is. And this is where, where trauma is organized uh, in our psyche and our body. There's no, dis, there's no separation. So everything that's happened to us, all the traumas and all the burdens that we have are stored within our bodies and within our nervous system and they said that we, we, we carry trauma within ourselves so the deep work i i talk about in the self-love is getting to the parts of self yourself that you have pushed away disregarded that are exiled that are deeply wounded and going back to them through the deep journey as we talked about counseling is like you know talk therapy when you close your eyes go inside and access these wounds in your body that you feel that that are there calling for you that you can go inside and take that journey to do the integration, to, to relate, to go back as you are now, mm. to go back to them, these childlike inner child parts that have gone through all this traumatic life of carrying the burdens of your past. 
Um, the power of then, I call it, they're carrying the power of then, which is the traumas, the burdens, the perspectives, the beliefs that you, you hold to be true about yourself. Mm-hmm. Going back to those parts, getting pa- past the protective layers who are, uh, who are pre- pre- stopping you from getting to them vulnerable parts, because it's quite deep work, getting to, get into those vulnerable parts, freeing them up, bringing them into the moment now and integrating them back with you now. So all the parts of you pushed away, the parts of you don't like, I believe that is a key element to self-love because you're bringing it all back. Mm. You're, you're not pushing anything about you away. You're bringing it back into the love of who you are with compassion and connection. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see like the integration of the internal self-love. Um, and then, you know, that's deep, that's the deep one in its own right. And, 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 and then the, the, the physicalness, the reconnection, like the sensitivity to be yourself. I, 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 I journeyed through Shakti uh, Tantra and put myself in a position to receive, even though I never thought I could receive, but put myself in, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but for me, it was about that personal connection back to myself, to be vulnerable, to go and reconnect with my energy to have people reconnect that energy with me and to fit, to feel, to touch, just to know it's okay to receive love from others. Um, And then there's the, the, obviously the, the the self care of the, the, that's what we talk about with the the inner critics, the parts of you. Cause you, if you, you can say all that you want, if if you're saying that I love you in the mirror, but deep down you've got all these wounds you're not going to truly believe I love you. I, you know, it's not going to happen because your structure of who, who you feel about yourself is so, is so strong that just by saying it, you don't resonate with it. So all that internal work, the physical work on the outside, the looking after yourself with like putting good food in your body, mm-hmm. the, the rehydrating yourself and all the drink and the alcohol and the cigarettes, the, the just doing good things for yourself, giving yourself a moment and um, to just sit and not, and just receive um, whether it's be sitting in the sun or have a nice bath with like salt, doing those little things for yourself, nice rituals. It's, mm. it's a big chunky thing, self-love and it goes so, so vast. It's so vast. Mm. Um, is that helpful? What I shared? Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people will take, uh, will yeah. resonate with this quite a lot. Cause I yeah. think a majority of us, even if we on the surface, we, you know if you look at us like oh we got we where where we haven't got any issues of self-love but i i believe that every single person on this planet has that issue yeah. one form or another um mm. until you you know you go within and you you mm. like check in with yourself like you know yeah. self-reflection um you know so you know you've been through so much in your life uh from early age you know um, everything Mm. about your parents and your autoimmune disease and um you know losing your best friend um there's just you know your your journey's just been incredible like you know and i'm not saying in a sense an incredible but incredible in a sense like giving people hope you know yeah um what was the turning point that led you on a path of transformation the turning point was um, in the bedbound depression where I had a reconnection with what I would call the bigger self or higher self of me, where I was so deep and then I was looking for the answers and I had a cl- with clarity come through that you can get out of this now. You've chose now to transform you. This is a window for you now. You've suf- the suffering has become unbearable, 
So it's not that intention. I intended for help and I got it. I, I made like a brief connection with what I call my high source, my, my high self. Um, and that kind of gave me that window then. I kind of then had, it was so beautiful um, for me. And because I called for that help, I feel that was the turning point. And then that led me to the snowball effect, that the small steps to start with, like the mumps getting out of the bed, then, you know, like researching alternative therapies and medicines and, um, you know, holistic practices outside the box thinking, listening to podcasts, uh, philosophy, books, reading, digesting anything I could. I was blessed, uh, in a sense, with a job um, that was, in a sense, I didn't have to use my brain and I could get away as well. Uh, once I started to get back on my feet, into back into work, out of the bed, bed depression, still on the, the, the therapy, I, I was digesting so much information that I could just listen and digest and then that would lead me to the next book and the next thing and the next opportunity. And I, ne- I, 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 just, I was open, I was an open book, a sponge then. And it kind of, that was like the transformation. And that led me to like, like to, to plant medicines, teachers, holistic therapy, energy healing, Reiki, um, you know, like just people who know how to work with food to help inflammation and just, it just, it was a cascade snowball, but it was my intention, my, to myself, I believe that was the, I'd suffer, I'd got into the deeper levels of suffering so much. The only way is up. Yeah. The only way I could go was up. Um, There's no other place from where I was then. I had to, it was that trajectory. And I chose then to take that responsibility, radical self-responsibility to, to save myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Like, like yeah. that little uh yeah. spiritual awakening we call it <laughs> you yeah. know so yeah. we we all have that moment of light bulb moment oh my god yes i need to change yeah. my life um yeah, yeah so um you know as, as you mentioned you've taken um a plant medicine so i'm aware that you've taken ayahuasca yeah. um can you explain to the listeners who have no idea what ayahuasca mm. is and uh, what was the uh what was your experience like of taking it yeah and, and and some more context. I've, I I work with uh, all the master teacher plants. As I said, because they are master teachers, I see them. And ayahuasca was the first one that come to me. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like realizing there was more to what was going on, and I needed. And I was called to listening to podcasts. There was this ayahuasca, this this healing um, medicine from the the Amazon, or this this kind of shamanic brew that was allowing you to go into deep process to to be have like this place where you go and do deep shadow work within yourself to have it reflect back to you all your suffering so you could process it in a quite an intensive moment so my my experiences of it is just a leap of faith i knew this was coming into the field and i was kind of bringing it in and i ended up traveling to italy uh you know, like I'm, I'm up for anything. Like I, I chose to go anywhere and do anything I could now. So I, I traveled to Italy and to do like a seven day ayahuasca retreat. And that's when I first took ayahuasca and working with, that was the cascade of many things, but working with ayahuasca itself, you know, I mean, this is just a powerful, I see it as like a reboot, like, and it taps you into what I call the holographic nature of reality. 
so where we go into when we take this medicine we can go in we go inside and then we're in those other dimensions our spiritual dimensions we're, we're tapping into the holographic nature of reality and we, we're knowing that we're we are spirit then that we're connected to such a source something so much more intelligent that we are and you drink it you you're in the process you do in in ritual people hold space for you and it's you go deep inside yourself. There's nowhere to go. So once you're on the train, the train's left at the station, you drink it, you go inside, and then you're having this process of, for me, the first drink I had um, was very loving and caring because I was already in a state of, I didn't need to, she's so intelligent because it is an intelligence of itself. It's Mother Earth, I see, like coming through these medicines to heal us. Um, she's so intelligent. She just loved me and nurtured me. And that was what my process was the first time I took it. She got me back on my feet. She was showing me things. She was showing me all this holographic reality. And she was showing me how to love myself, giving me love. Mm. And it kind of cleared the, it wiped the window. When I'd done that seven-day retreat, it helped me see myself in a different light mm. from having that, those feelings. And it helped me process some feelings about myself, some shame that was going on. So it was quite beautiful. But then I deeper into the medicine and then it kind of processed me to bring up my deeper layers of work my shadow stuff and then that was like deep processes of purging sometimes um you know through crying releasing maybe sometimes sick even purging at the the, the back end as well i mean it's it's a, it's a release whatever um whatever you need and and you're having deep experiences of collective wound and ancestral wounds holographic because it's holographic in nature you're tapping into all timelines of healing in this life past life and it was like uh, a big journey with ayahuasca um and a beautiful journey that reminded me you know once you have those experiences it's like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube you're having an experience so pr profound that you know that there's more than this reality is not what it seems mm. it's holographic and there's so much more to this. So it's kind of like that journey with that, that specific medicine. So yeah. it's quite beautiful. But oh. it also comes to a point where I realise that I was seeking myself in those medicine journeys. Hmm. Um, yeah, again, because my obsessive nature of things, I thought I could find myself in the places. So that can become, become, become like an addictive ritual hmm. where you're just jumping in one weekend and not processing. You're thinking you're going to find spend loads of money and then knowing you've got it all within anyway, but just knowing that those are valid places to go to find you, uh, to do some work, but not put everything into those uh, experiences. Um, but I see it as a reboot, as a, an awakening process. It, mm -hmm. it was for me. So yeah. like, what would you say to people who are uh, researching about it and want to take it? What would you say? Mm -hmm. Do you, is there like a, um, I know quite a lot of people, who would jump in and try it out yeah. when they're not ready for it? Because you can yeah. either go either way, right? Um, yeah, and this, this is a very beautiful subject and a very, very deep one because first off, I would advise getting, I'm not going to get into too much about my experiences, but when I first took I, the first journey of ayahuasca, the medicine journey was beautiful with the plant medicine, but the, the way it was held was not. So I didn't know anything about what I was getting myself into. I didn't know what a real held space was. And 
I took my own and I had some negative experiences in the sense it wasn't held properly. I could see that the people were in it for the money. Mm. And so you've got to do your research with this. This is something I'm sharing. Not everyone is there for the highest and greatest good. Mm. Things can be used um, because just because you're going to someone who serves this medicine doesn't mean they've done their work and it doesn't mean they're coming from high integrity either. So really find that, find a network of people that you can trust. And maybe there is something, a network out there, I'm not sure if there is, um, because I've made my contacts. I made contacts through taking the medicine who led me on to better people who held space better for me and was it was more beautifully held. Um, so that's it. Try and find people who you can trust, who know people who can rec- you can be recommended, not just take an advertisement on Facebook saying that this retreat's going to be the best thing do the deep research because you don't want to be, you don't want to fly, take a journey somewhere where you'll regret. And this is the thing. There's a lot of stuff um, happening with that stuff. You hear about the, the negative and I'm not going to play into the negative with it all. Um, but I hope that's helpful for people. Do your research, trust your heart, trust the people. If you can trust the people around you and trust your heart, then go with that and then feel that go with the gut feeling on it. Mm-hmm. But do your research around that. And this is a, what you shared with, are you mentally right to go into these medicines? So be honest with yourself. Mm. If you obviously, if you're taking antidepressants, no, you're not. Mm. Maybe some specific ones, but I, you know, I knew I had to come off the antidepressants. So be radical with self responsibility. Don't just take something like that. If you're taking other medications, do your research mm. because that can have serotonin uh, effects on the brain because you're already taking up, up um, SSRIs to uptake serotonin but taking these plant medicines floods your brain anyway and this can have an, a, a real negative effect you mm-hmm. could have a very a very detrimental effect so mm-hmm. do your research with your medication yeah. um and then ultimately i know this to be true i know people who i'm i'm not i'm here to speak the truth i know people who I, I, it was a positive effect with me but also i know people who took it took them a cascade of fragmentation and a journey of deep awakening and they're still going through many years later mm. um and that's the truth i haven't having drinking it multiple times and being and then it opening them up so much because some people go to these medicines with a, a view on reality that they think is fixed maybe mm. scientific logical those people may struggle with taking things like this or, or if you've got some perceived mental health problem, mm. complex mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would not recommend it. And it's not for everybody. I, and, and that's my honest opinion. Cause I know people in real life who, who, who had to go through such deep inner work. And once you've done it, you've opened the door, you know, I'm not putting people off with this. Just be, just, this is coming from my own experience, but I know some people who had had to have deep. It took them on a deep journey of reintegration from mm. going through those experiences. It's not for everybody, but if you've got to trust that it, if it is for you, go with your heart. It's hard to it's hard to navigate. I I jumped in with a leap of faith, and I never, you know, I've done it all the wrong ways. But I'm just coming. I'm hoping that this framework I'm sharing helps people mm-hmm. um, to make those decisions because it's not all love and light drinking these medicines be prepared for transformation prepared for having experiences that take deep pro because i would recommend having time out because i drunk medicines on a weekend and then was back in work on a monday trying to process this stuff and it was just i was all over the place Mm. 
So, <laughs> you know, I didn't know where I was coming and going. Yeah. Um, so have, yeah, make sure you've got support networks. Make sure you, you, you've made the right connections and you, you, you acknowledge this as a, a profound sacrament. Mm. Respect it, go in with that love and connection and have strong intentions of what you want out of it. It's not just something to be abused or, you know, because if you're going with this kind of mentality, it's just a quick... It's going to teach you a lot about yourself and you, it might be a challenging experience, but some, maybe some people need that as well. So, yeah, you know, so it's all valid. It's all valid. It's all valid. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's basically just don't go into it just because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do exactly. Do your research. And, yeah. if, and um, I think it's best if you go on a spiritual path yourself and do a bit yeah. of a, even start off light with like, you know, Reiki's and uh, some yeah. in, in like working with uh, healers and then, and then decide whether yeah. you, you're ready for it. Because if you go on, uh, go in straight away, you know, it's, it may not turn out right. Yeah, um, uh, yeah that's know. it. I and yeah, just understanding yourself and having a bit of a toolkit, exactly what you've shared, knowing people around you can support you through that process. Aftercare is so important with that stuff. If you've got the, this is the power of ayahuasca. If you've got the right aftercare and you can use that with the integrate, doing the medicine and the integration after the aftercare, it will ch it could change your life, you know, mm. but it's not just the, the, the golden, gold, golden pill either. Mm. Don't put all your hopes in that because you've got to do the inner work yourself. Yeah. There's no, this is all about inner work uh, yeah. yourself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, thank yeah. you for that. That's a great yeah. advice. Um, yeah. Now, um, you know, when we were at the um, online retreat, you were doing light language. Um, now, yeah. that was the first time I actually came across light language. I mean, I've been on this spiritual path for several years now. And I was like, I'm learning something new every day. Um, what is like light language? What is the process of it? So this is, yeah, this is just, you could say this is what, come about from my journey uh you know it's kind of like a gift um through the journeys of the medicines i believed all the medicines like i shared took like with the ayahuasca the uh 5-meo dmt the iboga the the the, the, the i use mushrooms i've used many sacraments and it was kind of like a process that i connected to i listened uh, the 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 shamans of the jungle use like healing song called icaros uh it's like using sound to heal, to, to soothe. So the light language comes as a byproduct of all the work I've been doing. I, I, I ended up being around people who were speaking this like language. And I was like, what is this? I feel this, but it's not something my brain can, I don't know what it's saying, but I get a feeling of it. And this kind of initiated me. I ended up having the activation, if you would have sense of all remembrance that this is something of, we all can do it's like a soul expression i could i could share it so you could see as or uh, it is labeled as a universal language by the soul and take it that's you know, a big you know it's a big concept really when i share that but because it's what i believe what i know to be true it's language of the soul it's language of the spirit a universal language so it it contains we're getting into the metaphysics and the more woo-woo stuff here, but that's okay. Um, you know, it contains, it contains he healing, wisdom, love. It contains geometry. Mm. Uh, it contains energy. It's like multifaceted and multidimensional. And when I say that, it's a feeling other, other than something logical. 
it's it's this this like consciousness stream in a, in a sense where I can I share it with you and you you get exactly what you need. You just get the feeling of it and it can be used in so many ways and it has many sounds and dialects to it. It can come with tone. Hmm. It can come with language. It can come with clicks and whistles because light language is like a vibration and energy. And it's a big concept because I, I, I started to speak this quite fluently and I started to use it with all my healing practices and allowing it to come through me, this soul language, it always gave a gift. It always soothed. It always helped someone in some way. So I knew it's healing properties, but also it's wisdom because some people get information from it. It gives them information. They get a, a resonance to it. Mm. Yeah, the way I could say it on a simple note is that it aligns you. With your, when you hear truth, when you feel truth, it, you, you connect to that. So you feel it then it aligns you, it brings you into like a recalibration, a feeling of who you are beyond the physical, out of the left brain into the heart. Mm. So it can just align you in the moment. You can shift your consciousness mm. and bring you into a state of love or joy through just the feeling itself, just through the acknowledgement of it. And it, and then you realize that you're so much more than this in, in, in a way. Is that helpful what I've shared with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to share as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it was like I said, it was the first time I came across it, and uh, you know when you were um uh when you were in the process of it, I you you did mention that you know you, some people may fall asleep or some people yeah. may get insights and things like that, and I completely me and my other three of my other friends they we completely we was like we fell asleep and it was like and when we woke up it was we felt different like you know yeah. we felt like. I don't know. I I felt lighter. I felt like yeah. more uh, in. I was more clear in in that yeah. sense. Um, so um, yeah, like I I thought it was quite powerful. It was quite yeah. powerful. Uh, yeah. We're coming to understand what more of this is as we open yeah. ourselves up to more. What this can be used for. Sound. You know, the same sound is the healing of the future, mm. and and these sounds are here to assist us. And it can sound a little bit out there and it can people, you know, I'm, I'm very grounded and integrated person. And I, I do that work to be here, humble, grounded, but this is a byproduct of the work. Mm. And what you're sharing is there. Sometimes we get what we need without knowing. So we, if we fall to sleep, it can act like a lullaby. And when we, 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 we wake again, we feel refreshed. We feel renewed. Mm. We could have released something or you could, you could, could have been given something because it works on so many layers of who you are. I normally say you've got exactly what you needed. Because yeah. you have, like you yeah. said, if you put you under to sleep, yeah. I mean, this you can use this the language of light in so many ways. I work it. Um, I, I'm an outside of the box person. I don't put myself in a box. So I, I've trained in many modalities: um, internal family systems, integrative trauma work, dealing with parts and shadow work, hands-on healing. I use it in all my practices if it's valid and if I feel intuitively ready for it. Because if someone is suffering. Yeah and they're overwhelmed and their system's flooded by emotions, I can sing like a lullaby to them, which can call them back to an awareness of themselves. Mm. So I can sing them like and hold them with the frequency of love mm. without intrude, being intrusive. It's not something that's forced upon them, but it can just hold them in a space and it can bring them back out of the suffering. Or we can use it to clear energy. We mm. can use it to bring in information. Like I said, it's so varied and vast, mm. but it's a beautiful innate technology that us as human beings spiritually aware and awakened um can tap into 
and it's not something anyone can say you need to do this course to do. You can literally spont spontaneously have this through, yeah. through, through your journey. If yeah. you align with it more, if you hear it more and you feel, you, you feel like such a resonance, most likely you, you, you have a connection to it that you can activate within yourself. Yeah. I'm happy to share a little bit now if people want to give a little bit of an experience yeah. of what that is. Yeah, that would so, be great. So if, I, I will use this in a more joy, joyful ma manner because I have many ways. So what I, what I want the audience to do, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a little bit of language um, and just for, the, for, for people to get an understanding of what this, to feel what this is, get, just drop into your heart in the best way you can. Um, I will share a song first, uh, which, which is a, you know, still part of the light language. So just drop into your heart and feel this for the people there and just, just rest in awareness in your heart. Just know this is safe. This is just whatever, whatever comes up for you, just acknowledge it and let, let it go. And if, if you, if, if you feel some emotion, just, just breathe through it. It's okay. Cause this helps us release as well. So just focus on your heart now. Breathe into your heart. I'm going to sing you a song or a lullaby. Using the language of light. Surayo saro saranayanayo Sarayo yo soronakaranayanayanayo he he santurastayanayo he 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 surunayanayananayahu hu hu surakahayanayo Just breathe that in. Whatever you felt from that, just know it's okay. Know it's okay to feel. Know it's okay to get into your heart a little bit. And if you, if the people who listen to this felt something from that, just know you're feeling again. It's okay. Did you feel anything from that, Madiha? Did you get something like a resonance to something? Yeah, my my heart felt really light, really yeah. light, really yeah. light. And yeah, it's really beautiful. It's yeah, so it goes beyond, and this is what the, the, the you know shamans use ikaros and sound to heal. So this could be used in ritual or sound and in healing practices with hands-on healing. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, we, there's, there's language as well. So that was a song. So there's many dialects as well. So this is kind of like a deep dive into light language, which is beautiful because this is what's happening. This is this is the reality of what it is to be human, um, and what we're finding more about ourselves. So we're so much more than we think we are um so there's many dialects so we have like the uk where we have different uh you know we, we have the we have the mancunian accent we have the birmingham accent we have the wolverhampton accent we have the london we've all got like a twang or a sound to us that was different so these languages all all are like that we have a different have a different feel or a different flavor to them um but i can share a little bit of the, the, the actual spoken language as well. Um, of the two, one more tribal, because I feel we're tapping into parts of us that are, um, you know, lived indigenous and tribal lives that are wisdom key. It's like wisdom. 
uh, and, and he's beautiful. This is one of my first languages that I spoke that come to me intuitively. So I invite you all to go inside again and to, 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 to receive this message. It will be a message of love. O Saranto Corono to Cora Paantia Santo Corotoko, Isata Caranacia to Coopa Aranata Kianotu, His Sinto Coropo Ayatianaku, His Sinatara Stinta Caranatiacu, Hasiata Kia, Ina Caranotoko Natias in a Tarestiatoko, Hinsa Aronoco Toronakiatakiatoko, Ina Caranotoko Opa Aretiatu. So we've got that more like distinctive language. Then I'm going to do a more joyful language because we can shift the energy once we work with these more uplifting energies. You might laugh a little bit. You might feel a bit of joy because this energy, that's what it's about, this, this frequency. So feel in your heart again. Orumpan santo kurotoko, orupa anatiatatisiatoko, supa arastitikina takanototoroto. Isipi enharatikina sa anatorotoko pa, inakaratikina si inatorotoko unasiati anatoho. Harapu unatikanatiato sotorasinta arenatikiatoko. So, yes, straight away, yeah. it brings you joy. <laughs> Feeling that it's like it's quirky, it's joyful. I mean, I mean, you know, like, I mean, people thinking, what, what am I listening to now? But I have to really get out of there, like, it my really, own. It, it really does work. Oh, my God, guys. Honestly, <laughs> I was in, I was like, you know, I'm not going to, it's not going to work. I'm not going to laugh at it. But then it, all of a sudden, it's just like my, my heart just went open up. It's like, ah! <laughs> no, honestly, it does. It feels really light and it's like playful. It felt playful and like sort of energy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah it's beautiful because it's so innate it's so fluid you can do it and and people think what what is this i mean just looking on the edge so I try and think about what this is logically you've got to feel yeah. it um but it's beautiful because it can shift the you can change how you feel i can change how i feel just by sharing this with myself yeah you can become your own sound healer in a sense mm. you can feel yourself where you're at and bring these languages through for yourself mm. you can record them for yourself and then mirror that back to yourself mm. And it brings you joy. You can shift wherever you are. You can get out of that lower, mm. those lower emotions and lift yourself. If it takes a few attempts, that's okay. But you know you have this kind of added toolkit in a sense, which mm. is just natural. Yeah. There's nothing non-natural about this. It's so fluid. I can speak it like it's English. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it's you just know, like that. Yeah. You know, when you were um, uh, doing the light language uh, during the uh, online retreat, um, um, before I, before I uh, went into when I when I fell asleep, I, th I kind of felt my eyes like flickering a little bit. You know, yeah. is that part of the? Uh, so is the one you're receiving? Is this like? Do you feel any but like? Um, obviously, no. I felt it, and other uh, my no. friends did as well. So do, is it is it more than likely for you to sort of twitch or, um, yeah. uh, you know. You know, what, do you get quite a lot of that? In, in the yeah, you can have full phys physical symptoms, full like recalibration. You can feel your spine moving. You can have sensations, feelings. You can feel like things are working on you. You can feel you can feel things that are being released. You can have like twitching, like pr processing under the eyeballs is like, you know, processing energy in a sense maybe because mm. that's you know we, we, our emotions are connected to our eyes. So if, if things process like EMDR, where rapid eye movements where we process things through our eyes. So receiving that kind of information, maybe it's processing, you can have tingles, you can have epiphanies, mm -hmm. you can have dream, like waking dreams where you, it's just showing you like, if you can, I can, you can go really deep with this stuff. 
take people on journeys with mm. like the drum and, and and sing and you can have full full physical like releases you can have like activations what i'll call myself epiphanies physical symptoms yeah just that things can happen um things can shift dramatically by using the power of sound the power of the voice yeah um incredible yeah it's absolutely yeah. incredible i mean yeah, yeah i've never come across it i still can't it's mind-blowing <laughs> you know everything you learn the thing with this is you know you have to have um you know your ego mind is always like oh no this isn't safe this is weird this is that this and that. but you know you you just gotta quiet your ego mind and let it filter in you know um be open to everything and that's the thing you know a lot of us are so closed off to new uh possibility new realities that we don't see the bigger picture you know yeah. um so things like light language or you know ayahuasca it's i know for some maybe oh my god that's a bit too much but you yeah. know uh, like I said, just stay open to have open mind and you will, you will, uh, you know, the universe will send so many signs and so many things to you where you, you will be like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's so, so much to make us realize that we're so much more in this. And I, I, like I say, these, these new ways, or they're not—they're just—they're just ways that we're re we're remembering again that we're all we can all do this. I'm now better than anyone else. I come to this through my own journey of finding it and seeking it. It found me, and then I realised that I could do that. And then with intention, I was doing it. So I'm not better than anyone else. I have to exactly what you're sharing. You've got to get. You've got to do the integration work. Your ego and all all that stuff. If that comes up and a block against this stuff, you know, that's where you need to go. Mm. As as a, I have to constantly do integration. I have to know who I am, and integrate my parts, self observation, reflection. Because when I'm, I see myself as a channel for this, I can do verbal channeling and light language, and I have to really do self observation work with my ego in check because. I, I I cannot be I cannot do this with my ego involved anyway. Mm. Uh, it's just it's out the way, and that's probably why because of all the work and I've done. This allows me to do this uh, freely and openly and vulnerably. Even though I'm only just coming out, this is quite vast in the sense I'm stepping up to share it on a on a on a public mm. podcast like this in this way. So it's a beautiful opening and coming out the spiritual closet a little bit for me. Mm. So that's okay because yeah. it's just just broadening the horizons people need to know that there's more and if you like i say be open if you're just open yeah. there's so much more you can if you already think you know it all and you've got everything and the always the right way it's all about perception you need to check yourself where all that's coming from because mm -hmm. if the more you can just let things go the more you can, you can fill yourself up with so much more um that is out there for us to discover and remember it's not for everybody, this stuff, but if you feel a call into it, then follow the thread, yeah. follow the door, follow what you said, synchronicity. Yeah, it will absolutely. draw you into beautiful things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You know, you've been through so much adversity from a young age and you went on a bit of a transformation and, um, you know, your story is incredible. Like I said, like it's going to give so many people hope and it's going to motivate so many people and it will open up more doorways um, for other people as well who don't know about all of all of the work that you know you, you all of the stuff that you do um 
So can you tell us about the work you're doing now after going through all of the yeah. adversity and transformation and what is what are you doing now? What is James doing now? Yeah. So, yeah, because because my journey of transformation, that was the, that was my destiny, I feel. And I learned so many tra- trained in all these different modalities, whether it be. Um, internal family systems therapy, which is an integrative evidence-based, you know, trauma-focused therapeutic model that integrates. I've worked with like NLP, Reiki healing, quantum healing, channeling, all this stuff. I kind of like put myself as a quite diverse, the work that I'm doing now. So I love to be like, have all these tools at my disposal. So I do one-to-one integrative shadow work with people bringing back the uh, the you know really helping them release burdens and bringing those parts back to them healing from the self empowering people with that because i'm not i'm a, I'm a facilitator and i hold space for them to do that so it re-empowers them to take to to do that for themselves and i will i will work with that the ifs model with that and i will share if, if needed i will work with the sounds uh, the language of light and also my intuition with that. So it's quite organic and intuitive the way I work one-to-one with people at that level. So I do one-to-one healing integrative work. I also help people access their own light language. So I I do this normally in a group or I do one-to-ones where I can help them access what they already have innate, which is their own soul language. And I can help them bring that back to the moment. And then that takes them on their own journey. I've been speaking the language of light for about four years. So it doesn't start off this fluid, but your journey will evolve and you will get more from it as you open yourself up. But I can catalyze them to start their journey with it. And I've done around 30 people now with that. Uh, it's like an attunement to, to the language of light uh, and activation. I've been running courses how to work with the language of light. So I run courses as well. I've just finished up a course and it, we're going into very spiritual concepts um but also deep deep concepts of, uh, and, and philosophy and tool a toolkit to help themselves so i've just run this course i'm also now about to do what what i mean i'm in the lab with is really i'm going to do a love your reflection course where i'm going to do it's going to be focused on what we talked about here mm-hmm. this is in the process now which is um going to be all about the reflective mirror of reality and the way we see see ourselves and how the metaphorical mirror over how we see each other in the world toolkit of understanding parts of the mind and how we can heal this stuff how we can see ourselves in another light taking deep people into some release work and self-love work it's going to be a course that i'm creating while i'm creating right now love your reflection that's in the process i'm also it's this is what I mean. I don't put myself in a box. So I'm doing the one to ones, I'm running courses. I also got a, a group where I share intuitive messages, mm. light language, perspectives, perceptions. So I'm running like a, a group where I just share this stuff. I'm so just in this right now where this is becoming who I was always meant to be. Um so the court so it's like one to one work, activations, courses, intuitive readings. It's so vast that sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. It's just like um, I've got so many things. I it's all my joy though. Most of my work has been for the last four years because I've um, trained in 
thousand therapeutic models, and I've worked in um, clinical practice as well uh, for for a short term while. I, I, I do a lot of integrative shadow work with people. That has been my main process because of the, the the spiritual nature of things and activating people. I'm going to more of a teacher role in creating these courses. So if people are interested in any of this work. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be launching soon two specific courses. Lord, Love Your Shadow and more of a higher self connection course, helping people connect to more, more upper rooms, more awareness. And that'll be fused with light language and spiritual concepts of light and sound and just um, deep, expansive work. Uh, expansive work and then there's the shadow work. So it's a light and dark series in a sense. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm in the creation of right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm really loving this process. I mean, yeah. um, bringing everything together. I don't hold one thing to be true as better than anything else. I, you, I take everything that I've ever learned and I bring it into a package that works for yeah. people as yeah. a template. Oh, this um, is incredible. This is amazing. Yeah. I know I'm going to be working with you as well. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, if any of you guys are interested in um, how can they contact you? So, um, you know, if they're interested, if any of our listeners are interested in working with you. Yeah. So for, for, for the meantime, I haven't got my full website up yet. That's in the process. Um, but I have, if you look for soul restoration, James Potts on Facebook, my, my page is on there. Um, which is kind of like my business page at the moment. And I have a group which I call the Heart Stargate because I think we can access all that we need through our own hearts. I call it a Stargate because we're stepping into more like multidimensional reality. This is like a place of light language, out there concepts, integrative techniques, humanness, groundedness. So we're going through bigger picture stuff, but we're coming back to being human, how we can, we can work with all this. So I've got a group called Heart Stargate. My business page is called Soul Restoration. I've got my, my emails, me at jamespotts.co.uk. I'm in the birthing process of creating some, like my website. Um, so that, that if they can connect to me on there, through the email or the, the website, they can ask me some questions on anything. Really, if they want to come to the group and listen to some of my channelings, I like language, my perspectives. Um, like I say, they can come into the heart stargate and receive like light language healing. For, I, I offer that as well, just in my sharings. Um, yeah, and and I also and I forgot to share this work. I've been. This is something that I'm I'm here as well working with, um, because of I'm in a full time loving relationship now with my beautiful partner. Um, who's an amazing mirror to me. Um, we've been doing one-to-one, -one, uh, we've been working with people as well because she's like an oracle seer, hands-on healer, a beautiful being who mirrors me perfectly because I'm in a loving relationship now after all that and everything. Um, it's just, she's a beautiful mirror, mirror and I honour her. And we, we do one-to-one -one work with people as well. This is like deep, deep hands-on healing, intuitive healing work that is, goes very deep with the two of us working in unity as masculine and feminine. So that is an option as well. So, but my partner's amazing. I love her. And I brought her in because I felt, because that's the work I do as well. Um, and there's so much more that's going to be birthed with that stuff with my partner. You'll see her in the Heart Stargate group as well. Um, but yeah, that, there's that there as well. So I hope that I'll just drop that in at the end. Um, so there's so much to this, but I, it's all, it's all joyful. It's all love. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you you added that in because you know what we were talking about before about um relation having the body dysmorphia and relationships now yeah. there is hope 
you know you, yeah. you, there is hope that when you do all this work on yourself you automatically start attracting the right people the right situations to you um and yeah so that's that's more of a like a reward from the universe to say hey you've done all yeah. this work i will align you with such a beautiful romantic relationship a beautiful friendships and the work that you're going to go on and it's yeah. it, the path just opens up to you yeah. um yeah. Yeah, it's so exactly that. it's yeah, exactly sorry. that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay. the consciousness mirrors you where you are directly when you're in that conscious relation they the, the, the mirror of relationship it, it's a beautiful healing it's it is healing so just a little note on that sometimes we think we're too broken or we, we we're not healed enough to get into a relationship but when we're actually actually getting into the relationship is where the deep deep real healing yes. does start as well <laughs> so if we think we're too if you get into a relationship, you'll actually start the healing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so <laughs> you've got you've got to look at it like that. If we don't stop the seeking and allow someone in, eventually know that it's okay to yeah. to ha eventually have that a relationship with someone because it will it will be hugely healing. So James, uh, on a lighter note, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. So it's a rapid fire uh, round. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, just um, you can you can expand on it or whichever because you carry so much wisdom and knowledge, and I think you know, the more you expand, the better. Um, or you yeah. can just answer it in a short, um, you know, brief, um, whichever way. Anyway, yeah. so I'm gonna ask you now. Ready? That's great. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna grill you now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what is your definition of God? Um, my connection to the, the oneness that I am, the, I see it as love, as the, 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 the power of love. I see God as love or that, that, that knowing within myself, my experience I've had what I believe to be God or source or love is what I experienced on what, on the medicine booth of Arius which is 5-MEO in DMT, which was, took me into the bliss or the, the golden lake, mm. the drop in the ocean where I became one with everything. And it was just bliss. It was energy, it was frequency, it was love, and I was part of the whole. Mm. And it was a profound experience to feel that I'm all of this. We are all of this. We're all connected to that. And we're all part of each other. So God is that one consciousness paradoxically we have our our own identity single consciousness would i see what i see it as but paradoxically we are all part of the one we're all part of the god we're all part of the whole so that's what god means to me it's a power of love it's the feeling of interconnectedness mm -hmm. just just there's no words that do it justice uh, because i felt what i believe to be god within me um from the experiences i've had with those the five meo and the plant medicines and states of deep meditation times and um etc but pure love connection and just the, the feeling of that for me that's what that that's what god is within me yeah that is beautiful how do you define spirituality and religion um i suppose the, we'll start with spirituality for me is finding that that for me personally what it means to me is being in my truth and um, it doesn't mean all you know i think being human is spiritual anyway there's no not being there's no not 
being human is being spiritual in its own right. Um, and that, to start with that framework, there's nothing not spiritual about being human. Mm. So and it's about following that inner truth, going back into your own intuition, trusting your own innate guidance, following the path of excitement for yourself that leads you to all these expansive um, ways of expressing yourself with your imagination and your consciousness and your mm. voice following that innate wisdom that is always within you. If you, you tap into that and step into and connect with your higher self, that is what I believe the spiritual path is. It's about truth, will, your own connection to yourself and how you treat people is how you treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Just that love. That's the path of spirituality for me. It's being just truth and compassion. And, um, and there's many distortions of spirituality because you can probably see the spirituality business out there. It's a market for yeah. itself. But it's just your own innate truth and wisdom and connection with your own source. Religion for me, I um, it's a chunky subject because I I didn't get put through that kind of I didn't have religion in my life in a sense. We understand the concepts of it, and I believe that it has its its place and it's helped people have a framework to help themselves. But also feel it's disconnected and disempowering in, in its way. There's always some kind of middleman between you and your own source and your own connection, maybe. Um, there's always someone you've got to pay, maybe, to, um, to you know, like, add into that. Like, you know, not pigeonholing one religion. There's, there's money, there's things going on with religions that are not great. But there's always a disconnection with you and your source. And it disempowers you, I feel. And it can become dogmatic and people get caught up in their belief systems about it. And I think it's been a lot of religion and text has been rewritten for ego and uh, control as well. That's the way I see it. And it's uh, it's not all bad. That's not a negative framework for all. It's helped people. People follow some of its powerful values and love. And, 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 and live amazing lives following specific religions. Some religions are truly connected. What I, I feel there's a distortion in some religions that disconnect us from our truth. Uh, and, but I think some religions um, still are very connected on this planet to, to, to some of that stuff. So it's quite a generalized answer. But I just feel it, for us seeking something outside of ourselves, um, I, don't, I don't think it fully empowers us. Not all religions, though. Some are. I'm not going to get into which ones and which ones aren't because, I've, you know, just it's it's a big big discussion. But I'm I feel I was blessed to 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 not be have that process of undoing that stuff because I've worked with people who have got very dogmatic religious backgrounds and there's a lot of distortion and a lot of deep inner work that I've had to do with people personally to free them from those beliefs about themselves and the sin and things like that. The, the things that they believe about themselves come from religion, come from that stuff. So I hope that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And yeah. I completely I, agree with you in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so what, what was the less, what was the lesson that took you the longest to learn? Um, I would say the lesson took me longest to learn is boundaries with others and self-care and, and honoring my, my, myself. Um, it's took me a long time to, to, 
to get in my power, which I feel I am now, and that's not coming from ego, just in my truth and to be able to express myself. But also be able to hold that back and not, be, not let my ego run right in the sense of not give myself away and let people come in and take everything from me because that's not, there's no victim there. I'm allowing that to happen. Like I've opened my boundaries so much and there's been this rescuer thing going on with me where I feel like I have to rescue people. That was part of my unconscious thing that happened when I made that unconscious decision that it was all my fault when my part, my, my, when my friend passed away, I made an unconscious decision that if I could maybe rescue other people on an unconscious decision, that maybe I could make what happened right. So in my therapy, I allowed people to cross, cross, I, I allowed people to cross boundaries in my life. I allowed people to cross boundaries. I would overgive, overcare, but it's like filling a black hole when those people are around you, you've allowed them in because you're constantly giving and then they just want more and you burn out yourself. So boundaries is a big one for me. Um, and I've had to learn that in a way because it helps me with my, my process as well. I've been in a practitioner in, in kind of a, a mental health and things like that, but learning boundaries and value my own energy was the biggest one that's took me the longest to make because I've really gone through the mill with, with that stuff energetically with, within myself. And giving all my stuff away, like I'd like get something and then, then I'd be speaking it to the people. And then next minute they'd be yeah. putting it out there on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get excited yeah. about yeah. all my, all that, all I seek it and I give it away because I get excited and gave it away. My boundaries around that stuff. But now I really all in, I just speak, I know, I know wisdom comes from not speaking sometimes and just being present and not having the ego run and saying I'm this and that, but also, not, you know, knowing when to say stuff and when to not say stuff and on my own personal boundaries with people has been the last, the, 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 the piece of the puzzle that I needed that, that took me the longest, if that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I need a, a lesson from you on it as well, because I'm in pretty much the same boat. I, uh, you know, I, I have a big heart. I just give every, everyone so much. And then when I don't get it back, well, it's not like I'm expecting it, but it's yeah. like, I'm oversharing, over giving, and I need to set boundaries. Like, look, this is my values. This is what I want. Yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like a lot of empathic people, boundaries, it, it, it's hard to come by for them. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard. You have to do a really, you have to really um, be okay turning people down. You have to be okay with saying no. You have yeah. to be okay. It's like, okay, I, this is my personal space. And even if I don't feel like um, sharing, I, I don't need to, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's a lot of work. And, you know, I totally, I can totally resonate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're learning all the time for the experience of life and this is the thing you, you cannot the only way like you can get better at this is life itself and and having those moments of realizing okay i've done this so you you're better than you was yesterday and you'll be better in the future it just it's just a con continuity of teachings of uh you you know you eventually saying people pleasing yeah that yes to everything and getting caught up and then you realize you've overloaded yourself yeah it's, it's yeah. a big one. Yeah, I totally, being... agree. Yeah. <laughs> I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for the questions, James. Uh, finally, um, what is that one message you would like to share with someone who's going through adversity right now? Like if they are in darkness right now, what would you tell them? 
So from from coming from my own experience of, of that and with my own darkness and um, but knowing from that place of darkness, transformation can happen. So if we can see darkness and suffering as the where we're at and that's where we're at then. So if we can intend then to, okay, this we're, we're here now. It's not getting any better. It's not getting any easier. Okay, now, now is the time for me to take that responsibility in a sense. And that's not in a judgment. It's like self-responsibility. Like self okay, this is a window of opportunity now. I'm, I've been suffering for so long. I'm in darkness. Can I take a leap of faith now? Can I now say to myself, I will do anything beyond the means of conventionality of what I've been doing, that's, I'm still in darkness. What can I do? What, how can I open a window of consciousness for myself now and take a leap of faith into the unknown where I will be supported, I will be loved because that's what the universe does. It, it does, it opens doors and it supports you all the time. It, it, it's, it's reframing suffering and the darkness and it's archetypal as well. We have, we go through this as a, kind of like the archetypal journey when we, we disconnect and we're in that suffering and we, we, we don't, we don't even trust the universe. So maybe we don't use the universe as a metaphor. We just use ourselves. Okay. To ourself, I'm going to do what it takes now. I'm going to let go of what I feel is uh, victim consciousness. And that's not a judgment as well. A lot of us can stay in that place of a victim and work our way through that. And now I'm going to take this opportunity to open a window of consciousness to step through that and take a leap of faith into the unknown of things that I've never done before that can maybe change my reality with no expectation and follow that thread. So just, just, just do what it takes to take you out of where you've been. You have to step out because whatever you, wherever you are, you can only go up from there, but you don't want to stay in that suffering for too long because you know, you've suffered enough. But when you decide that you're ready and you will, you can climb out of that. I, I know it to be true. I know there's people who, who have, and but there's com people with complex disorders as well. And I know that's not an, ever an easy thing to say, and that might take a lot longer than it has me. But I know if you keep on aligning yourself to that belief that it's possible and taking that leap of faith and reframing it to suffering to transformation and using that window, you can climb out of that. And, and, and there is support. There's people around you and know that that it's possible and just you know if you can use me as a met, like a mirror for that then then you're welcome to do that mm -hmm. it, it's possible and yeah. just just but but but, but now it's possible yeah you know yeah. it is possible yeah totally get you totally um yeah. uh it's really beautiful and a great advice for someone who's going through adversity that you know yeah. there is a light at the end of the tunnel you yeah. know, sometimes when we, when we're in darkness, it's, it's where you need to be in order for yeah. your soul to grow, in order for you to grow. To always yeah. remember that and to and to actually, I what I say is celebrate being in the darkness because you know, like this is where you're gonna get the most growth. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. You know. Uh. It's it was. You know, James, like your story's just been, uh, you know, mind blowing, absolutely incredible. You know, the everything that you've been through and the transformation and, um, and like the work that you're doing now, you, you it's like, 
you know, it, you are showing people that, they, like you say, there is, you, it is possible to turn your life around. It is possible for you to get to uh, where you need to be in life. Yeah. But you just have to trust in the timing of everything. You have to trust yeah. in the universe. You have to trust ev- like that there is a yeah. better plan for you out there. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, thank you so much, James, uh, for coming on this podcast. I mean, like, like I said, you are absolutely incredible, uh, such an amazing human being. And uh, I'm so uh, glad that I've, uh, you know, we're friends now. So, um, yeah. yeah, so is there any last message that you would like to say? Just, just, yeah, hope is a you know, use hope as a thing that, you know, uh, uh, the work that I do, hope merchants, now even in, even through these times with everything that's happening, there's deep polarity because the world is changing and, but change is inevitable. We have to get used to change, obviously, and fluidity with what's happening in the external reality. Um, things are getting more, this is a generalized message to everybody. I feel things are getting more intense in the external reality, in the internal reality, but the only way out is in for a seduction and addiction to the external reality and everything that's going on. If we can come inside now to do this inner work, um, that we can transform and we can transform from, from the inside out and that can ripple through this this on this planet and this consciousness and of, of who we are in this time and all that's happening on the external has to happen for change anyway even though that might be a bit people may say like oh, you're too hopeful or ever but because of the way this is because of the deep polarity that's happening in the external reality it's forcing us to look inside as well but also i believe and know to be true that there's an undercurrent of, of integration happening for humanity right now and the consciousness so if we can do the inner work that is most important because that is the work we can start to look inside and do those those changes we can be the ones who who, who are part of this new paradigm the new dawn as i say we can assist in this transformation just by doing our own inner work and and, and changing consciousness that it, it's hope i'm just want to be a hope merchant for these times You've got so much around you. You're connected to so much. Being on this podcast, you're going to have a well of information from Madiha and all her guests. So just keep seeking, keep looking, keep keep growing. And that's that's my message to everybody in this time to oh. go inside. Thank you so much. That was so, so beautiful. I mean, I don't want this interview to end, but unfortunately we have to. <laughs> Thank you, James, for coming on uh, this podcast. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure, Madiha. A pleasure to get to know you as a friend and to connect with you and to be a part of your birth and your journey, your joy, which is this podcast. I'm, I wish you well wishes and blessings and all that you're, you're creating in this world. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help so many people. And it was, it was a pleasure to share this, you know, share, share myself on, 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 on this podcast. So, thank thank you. you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Soul Awakenings with Madhya Sosan podcast. I would love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. Share your thoughts on my Facebook and Instagram, Madhya Sosan. You can also check out my website, madhyasosan.com. If you would like to watch this episode, then head over to my YouTube channel, Mads Corner, M-A-D-Z Corner. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do rate and share this with your family and friends. 
thank you once again and i will see you on the next episode